Good morning. Before I get into the lesson this morning, um, I do have one quick announcement. Because we were unable to have our back-to-school bash, we are in its place having an adventure day and uh, also uh, we are going to head to a Birmingham Barons game. Um, and the way that this is going to work, um, parents, this is all for you, uh, what we have done is we've decided to kind of set up a whole day uh, for any of, our, uh, any of our youth, and of course that's kids ministry and youth ministry, uh, and really anybody else that would like to go. We're going to uh, spend the day uh, heading to Birmingham. We're going to go, uh, we're going to watch a movie. We're going to go and uh, probably go putt-putt and uh, maybe ride some uh, go-karts and just kind of spend the day there. And then after all of that is done, once it's around time for the game, then we will head to uh, the, uh, the stadium and we will spend our evening there. Um, now, parents, that is for you because you do not have to go to any of that. Um, if you want to, you can drop them off and then just come pick them up at the end of the night. But we do also have an option where if you want to come and join us for the game, uh, then you can also do that and then um, just travel down there and meet us there when it is game time. Uh, so there is a, uh, a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Uh, if you would, just put, if you're interested, if you're planning on going, uh, it also has information on when we'll be leaving, the cost for everything. Um, it has all of that on the sign-up sheet. If you will sign up for that and then also put, uh, if you're planning to come hang out with us all day or if you're planning on going with us, uh, meeting us at the game and, and hanging out with us then, uh, we would love for you to, to sign up for that. Again, that is open to anyone. Um, if you want to come and spend the whole day with us, you are more than welcome to do that. Um, but uh, we're very excited about getting to do that. And uh, again, if you would just make sure you're signed up in the next week or so, that will help us so we can go ahead and get all of our tickets for both the Barons game and then also for all the other activities that we will be doing together. A lot of people have been up here and have gotten to share uh, how much they've enjoyed having Cole here this summer to, to kind of help us out with, with a lot of different things. Um, I, haven't, I haven't said anything yet. And uh, so I want to start off by saying that, that I, of course, have loved getting to, to work with Cole during this past summer. Uh, he was, of course, technically the, the preaching intern. And so he worked a lot closely, uh, a lot more closely with Mark. Um, but there were actually several different events that, that I needed some help with. And, and of course, he, uh, he volunteered and he kind of tagged along and, and ended up doing a lot of different work that, um, that really helped me out. Toward the end of uh, his time here, and of course, last Sunday was his, his final Sunday here, uh, I gave him one final task before the summer was over. And the task that I gave to him was uh, to drive me uh, to and back from getting my wisdom teeth removed. And this past Tuesday, that is exactly what, uh, what I did, but I asked him, and I, 
I really think that might have been the event that he was most excited about this summer. Um, and I'm sorry to take that away from all the other things that we did, as great as they were, uh, but he was so excited to get to, to do that, to get to, to take me there, and then, of course, to get to take me back and kind of allow just whatever happened to, uh, to take place. But he was so excited about it, and, of course, he came and uh, picked me up, and we, and we drove over there. And the whole week before, we had been talking about uh, this, this whole ordeal. And he just continued to, to bring it up and mention it to me and kind of ask me different questions. M- most of it having to do with, what do, you think you're, what do you think you would say if I asked you this question? Or, I think I might uh, ask you this question and we'll record it and see what you say, um, which was kind of scary. But uh, he would really talk to me a lot about that. And, of course, we went there and he was still excited. And we got there and he was excited. Um, he even went back into the, the back with me. Um, you know, like when family goes with you, he was like, mm, I'm going to come with you. And so he came with me back there and um, not for the actual procedure, but for everything else he was there. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, he, he helped uh, get me back home safely. But the funny thing is, during this whole time, of course, the whole reason that I'm going is to get uh, my wisdom teeth removed and everything. The whole time that this is taking place, we're not actually talking about the surgery. What we are talking about the whole time is, what am I going to say while I am still, well, loopy and kind of getting off of the medicine, but before I'm fully off of the medicine that they have given me? Uh, And so... Uh, a lot of the conversation was exactly that. Is what, what is Connor going to say? Now, if you really want to know what I said, um, it wasn't luckily anything bad to my knowledge, uh, but uh, I have several videos that, that Cole had recorded of me kind of you know, uh, answering the questions that he had for me. And uh, so I, I think that I did pretty well and managed not to, to say anything that would get me in trouble. And if I did, then Cole still has those videos and he is waiting until an opportune time to, to use them against me. Um, but uh, so we went through this, this whole scenario, but the whole focus of everything was what was I going to say? What's going to come from my mouth uh, when I have less control? Uh, and, and of course, I was slightly concerned, but, but overall, you know, things, things seemed to go pretty well. So... I want to kind of bring this, uh, this hypothetical situation in front of you and see, uh, kind of see what your thoughts are about this. Um, we, and we have some hesitation toward a scenario like this, uh, but here's the scenario. What if you said everything you were thinking? What if for one day, as soon as you woke up, for that entire day, everything that happened in your thoughts also came out of your mouth. Now, some of you might be thinking, that is literally what I do every day. And I, if I think it, I'm going to say it. That's just how I am. That's, that's what I do. Some of you might be thinking, that sounds terrible because I think for a full you know, couple of minutes before I say a single word. I'm going to plan out everything that I say. Some of us are like that. We plan things out before we talk. Some of us, we talk before we plan anything. And that's just what happens. But I think if we were all put in this same scenario, we would have a little bit of, of hesitation. 
you know, what if, what if we were to say everything that we were thinking for an entire day? How much trouble would we find ourselves in going throughout that day and just sharing everything that came to our mind? How different would this day be from a typical day that we had? How different would it end up becoming because we were saying everything that was in our head? Or maybe not even this situation, but here's, here's, another, uh, here's another kind of question for you. How often do you find yourself saying something that you realize after the fact maybe you shouldn't? Um, you know, maybe sharing information that really doesn't belong to you to share. Or uh, possibly, you know, just saying things, um, saying words that, that tend to be hurtful towards somebody. Saying something that's more derogatory or negative towards someone. Uh, or, or maybe even just being fueled by emotion and allowing those emotions to take control over what's being said instead of really thinking about it before it's being said. How often do you find yourself saying something that you really shouldn't? And just thinking about these hypothetical situations, whether it's saying everything that comes to mind for a whole day or really just thinking through the things that we shouldn't say but we sometimes do, just thinking about all of these can provide some really disastrous outcomes in our lives. And maybe we've seen that happen from time to time in our lives in the past. If you will, turn with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. We see all throughout the Word of God that we are warned about doing things exactly like this. Uh, we, you know, we are prepared through the Word of God and, and it, it prepares us and it guides us through the dangers of what can possibly come from the mouth. Uh, and the passage we're going to read this morning I think it's really one of the most important ones when it comes to this whole idea of, of what comes from our mouth. Uh, we're going to look at the, the letter of James, and I'll tell you now that the letter of James is a very different kind of letter from the ones that are around it. Now, a lot of, you know, if you look through the New Testament and you look at the ones that are called letters uh, or, or epistles, uh, a lot of those are written by Paul. And of course, because they are written by Paul, they all have a very similar writing style. They're all going to be written in kind of the same way because it's the same author. Uh, and so we, we go through and we see all these ways that they're very similar. But there's a few things about the book of James, or the, the letter of James, that's a, a little bit different. You see, first of all, this letter is not written by Paul. It is written by James. Uh, it is written by the brother of Jesus. And of course, we learn that as we look through, uh, as we look through Scripture. We learn exactly who he is and that he was uh, the biological half-brother of Jesus. And so we have this connection to him and we understand this. And as he's writing this letter, we also understand that it is directed toward those in the church, but it's directed toward those in the church that seem to really kind of be dispersed and, and almost at times in hiding. And all of this is taking place because of the persecution of the church. And so we're, we're seeing... Uh, we're seeing this letter written by James to all of these people who are all kind of out there and, and, and hiding from uh, this persecution. And so we see the, the situation of how it's written. 
But when James writes his letter, he doesn't write it in the same way that Paul would. Uh, You see, James puts a, a lot of emphasis on action. The way that James writes this letter to, to all of these churches, to all these people within the church, uh, it has a lot of emphasis on this idea of, of action, on encouraging the readers not just to, to hear the words that are given, and not to, just to, to listen if, if they're being you know, shared to them, to just listen to them and, and pay attention to them, but to actually do the words that, that he shares with them. And in fact, we have proof that this is the way that he wants them to think because in James chapter 1, beginning in verse 22, he actually says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Don't actually, don't just listen to the word, but actually do it. He has this emphasis on action. And not only do we see this verse, but within the the letter that James writes, of course, it's divided up into five chapters, we see him give 50 different imperative sentences. Of course, those being sentences that have a a command, a a sentence that has instruction to it. And so 50 different times all throughout the letter that he writes, he's giving this instruction, these commands to the people that are reading it. And so this is how James writes his letter. And in chapter 3, and that's where we're going to have our focus this morning, James spends a good amount of time talking about the tongue. And so we're going to read through, not all of it, we're actually just going to read through the first half this morning. And uh, I've actually, the way that I've constructed uh, this lesson is we're actually going to have part one this morning, and then part two is going to be this afternoon. So lucky you, you get to hear me again, uh, and we'll talk about the second half of James chapter three. Uh, But during this first part that we're going to look at real quick, beginning in verse two, if you want to read along with me, James chapter three, beginning in verse two, he says, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. See, in the first part of of this passage, um, there's actually almost a little bit of sarcasm to to what he's saying. Uh, He's basically saying, if you don't mess up what you say sometimes, if you... uh, you know, if, if you don't have any problems with, with the, your tongue and what you say, then you must be perfect. Now, why is he really saying that? Well, the reason he's saying that is because we are all guilty of messing up in what we say. He's saying if, if you're capable of completely controlling your tongue, you're perfect. You must be perfect. But of course, the reverse of that is, well, none of us are perfect, which means that none of us are capable of being in full control of what we say 
at all times. We're all guilty of messing up in, the, in what we say. And in fact, we understand that what we say has a great effect on us. And as we continue to look through that passage, we have all these different illustrations of, uh, of these small things that are able to have such a great amount of control over something that is much larger. For example, we see this idea of, of a horse that is directed by the bit in its mouth. And because that it's in its mouth, then uh, the person that has the, the reins is able to, to steer them in the direction that they need to go. Just like that, we see this idea of a boat. Uh, and the boat, of course, is going through uh, the water and, and is trying to be steered, but it doesn't really matter where it's trying to go. The only thing that matters is the direction of the rudder. In whatever direction the rudder is putting the boat in, that's the direction that it's going to go. And because of these small things, we see large consequences. And so we understand that, that our words and our tongue, they guide us in the direction that we are headed. The things that come out of our mouth are going to be what guides us in the direction that we are going. In April of 2017, so a little over two years ago, uh, in a dry grassland near Green Valley, Arizona, there was a wildfire that, that had started. And the wildfire, of course, grew. And this wildfire ended up burning down 47,000 acres, or over the span of 73 square miles, and it caused $8 million in damage, and it forced 200 people out of their homes. Uh, they had fi uh, firefighters from 20 different agencies spend over a week fighting this fire just to try and get control of it, over it, and they finally were able to, after uh, almost two weeks of, of working on this, and this whole fire was set by a guy named Dennis Dickey. And he was an off-duty patrol agent. Now, what exactly did he do in order for this gigantic fire to take place? Well, his family was having a party. More specifically, they were having a gender reveal party. And he had decided to make a homemade uh, gender reveal explosive... And so they, of course, set it off, and they found out two things. They found out that it was a boy, and they found out that their area was uh, going to very easily catch on fire, and that is exactly what it did. And it ended up causing all of this damage, all from this one uh, explosive that, that took place. And, uh, of course... Uh, since then, there's a lot of kind of discussion that happened with him. There's a lot of things that he has to kind of start working on paying off because of the damage that he caused. Uh, but they actually got a quote from him in, in an article online, and he says, I feel absolutely horrible about it. It was probably one of the worst days of my life. And that's terrible because that was supposed to be a very fun party where they were going to find out the gender of their child and then, of course, kind of continue from there. But instead, it ended up being a terrible day. And obviously, when, when he made this explosive, he had no intentions of you know, saying, well, I, you know, I really hope this catches everything on fire and causes $8 million in damage. Of course, he didn't want that to happen. 
But because of this one decision, because of this one small thing that took place, the results of it were enormous. All because of this one small explosive that he created with not even having bad intentions, but but good intentions gone terribly wrong. And the funny thing is, is we don't even really need an illustration like this to understand what's being said in James chapter 3. We don't have to have uh, this story to understand what James is explaining to us. Because we understand that our tongue though it might be one of the many members of our body, we understand that it is capable of great things. Our tongue is capable of great things. Now, when you hear the word great, sometimes you probably think of like great, like, like synonymous with good. Like it is capable of many good things. But when it's saying great here, it is really talking more about its power and its magnitude of what it is capable of. But I'll tell you right now that those aren't necessarily good things. And honestly, we kind of see what it is capable of when we continue to read here by the way that James describes it. Because James really doesn't hold back in his description of the tongue. Because he then says, it is a world of unrighteousness. It is capable of staining the whole body or setting on fire the cycle of life. And he even says, it is all coming from Satan himself. We see that, yes, it is capable of great things But it's described with many negative characteristics. And in fact, every way that James describes it right here is not a great character, is not a very good characteristic. There's a lot of negative characteristics that describe the tongue. Now, why why does James make it sound so terrible? Why does he make it a point to, to really say, this is how bad the tongue is? Well, think about all of the sin that is taking place within the world. If you really think about, and I know that there are a lot of kind of differing ideas of, of how we view our country or our, our world altogether and where we really feel like we, we fit in terms of uh, good or bad, But obviously we're able to recognize that there is a lot of sin all throughout the world. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of really just just negative things. And as we look throughout all of that in the world, all of the bad that has happened, all of the damage that has been caused by mankind, how much of it has been done by the tongue? How much damage to this world and to, to individuals all throughout it, how much of that has actually taken place because of the tongue? Because of the words of other people? By the negative words that are being said or shared or even shouted? How much damage is actually being done? I think that one of the reasons that this culture and this world can really seem so negative and so easy for us to see all of the the sin that, that surrounds it, 
is because of the negative words that are setting fires all throughout the world. And it's so easy for this negative to just continue to spread and just continue to to catch everything on fire. And so here is the problem with that. As we look around this world and as we watch uh, kind of the effects of all of this take place, a lot of times there's two different things that we, that we choose to do in response to it. As we look around and, and, and we see all of the damage that is taking place, we kind of recognize and, and, and we look at the world as if it's already on fire. And we kind of have this mindset and we, we basically say to ourselves, that there's really not much to be done. If the world's already on fire, I don't have what it takes to, to get rid of it. And so because we have this outlook, we do one of these two things. Either, first of all, we see that, well, there's really no harm in contributing to the fire that already exists. If it's already all around us, then why not just give into it? Why not just continue to, to feed into the negative? And maybe we don't think this way fully, but in certain ways in our life, we allow ourselves to be fully immersed in this fire. And we allow our speech to be argumentative. We allow it to be hateful, to be discriminatory, to be slanderous, to be full of gossip, to be explicit. We allow our speech to be whatever we feel like we need it to be in that context. Because we don't see any harm in just feeding fire with more fire. And so we contribute to the fire that already exists. Or maybe we don't do things in that way and we kind of take the more, the more passive idea and we say, I'm not going to feed into the fire at all. I'm not going to do that, but I'm not really going to try to put it out either because what good can I do? And so we blend in while we're watching everything be consumed. We're afraid to to take action in in the ways that we need to. And so we stand there and allow everything to be consumed while failing to set ourselves apart from it all. And really, that's what we do in both situations. Whether we're feeding into it or just stepping back from it and letting things burn, we are failing to show people that we are different from this fire. We are failing to show people that we are not about this this negative speech that takes place. We are not about discouraging other people or or doing what we can to, to show division between ourselves and other people around us. And we fail to set ourselves apart. In Matthew chapter 12, if you want to turn there real quick with me, Of course, all throughout the ministry of Jesus, we see that uh, he is constantly attacked. Um, 
Jesus doesn't just have to deal with people saying negative things around him, but he has to deal with people saying terrible things about him. And and so many times he has to basically uh, kind of talk through all of these things and, and show people why he is to be followed and why he is the ultimate good. And we understand that, but of course so many people during that time just did not get it. And in this particular scenario in, in Matthew chapter 12, we see that there's Pharisees and there's scribes and they're accusing him of all of these things and they're even accusing him of, uh, of being uh, sent by, by Satan. And of course, this is crazy to us and, and we see the response that, that, that Jesus gives here. Beginning in verse 33 of, of Matthew chapter 12, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, Or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Of course, What Jesus is saying here makes perfect sense. From someone who is good will come good things. And for someone who is choosing evil, from them it is going to come evil things. But most importantly, what Jesus presents to them is that the mouth is a reflection of the heart. And so what comes from the mouth is what you will find in the heart. So if out of your mouth is is coming negative things, those things are in your heart. And if it's positive things, then the positive things are what lies within your heart. See, our words are a reflection of what you would find within our heart. So as we wrap up this morning, and of course we're, we're going to talk more uh, in detail about this concept this afternoon. But as we wrap up this morning, my final question for you that I really just want you to think about. What is coming from your mouth? Or honestly, I could also say it a different way. What is in your heart? Because I want you to understand that what is in your heart is the same as what is coming from your mouth. Because your mouth is a reflection of what is within your heart. And as you think about this, these different scenarios and this idea of, of the tongue being able to just set things on fire and how, how powerful, how, how bad it really can be, And you look at the things that you say throughout each day, each week. Are you setting fires? Or are you staying silent? Or are you choosing to do neither of those things? And are you choosing to show other people a a new path entirely? Away from all of this fire, away from all of this negative James starts off this whole topic and he's talking about all of this within this letter 
by saying we all stumble in many ways. That's how he starts this off. We all stumble in many ways. And he makes it a note of saying the being in control of the tongue, it's not, it's not something we're all perfect at. And we know that. It's one of those ways that, that we stumble through our speech. And in one way or another, we, we have times where we fail to control it. What is causing you to add to this fire? What is it in your life? What particular part of your life is it that brings you into that negative environment where you feel like all you can do is just contribute to the fire? What is coming from your mouth and what is in your heart? I hope that if you are not aware by now, I hope that you know that when we offer the invitation, it is a time for you to not only receive the assistance from your God that you need, but also to receive the encouragement and the prayers from a church that, that loves you and cares for you and will do anything they can to help get rid of those fires that are being set throughout your life. So what do you need from your Creator and how can we help you? If there is anything that we can do for you this morning, please come forward now as we stand and as we sing.